Welcome to this week's episode of The Running Effect with Dominic Schleter. I'm your host, Dominic. If you're new to the show, welcome. And if you have uh, listened to the show before, also welcome back. Um, Please like, subscribe, and share it to help us out. It would really mean a lot and takes super, super quick, probably like one second to hit that red button. But on today's episode of The Running Effect, I welcome on guest Julia Haymock. She is super, super accomplished. For instance, um, in high school, she was the Texas 6A record holder in the 16 running uh, 440 to win the state title in 2015. She also had a 3,200 meter personal best of 1014. Um, she was a two-time national cross-country finalist. Um, and then she won 2A, 6A state titles each in the 1600, 3200, and in cross-country. So obviously a super, super impressive high school career. So we go through that. But then we also go through her years at Stanford. Um, some of the ups and downs she experienced, um, kind of, she didn't experience too many downs, which was kind of cool to hear about, um, like how she she didn't really get injured much. So we go through that. Some of the things she thinks some of the reasons she thinks why she stayed healthy and that consistency and how it played a role in her success Um, we also go through kind of the covid shutdown how that affected her mindset and then also how she bounced back placing 13th at this past ncaa championships um in cross country and helping her uh, team repeat the title at pac 12s so some super awesome stuff and then we uh kind of cap up cap off our conversation going through this past u.s olympic trials where she did incredible in the u.s 1500 meters um that was a super awesome race to go through um and then we intersperse um thoughtful questions throughout kind of seeking deeper understanding of parts of her career so i hope you enjoy this episode as much as i did without further ado here's my conversation with julia haymock Julia, welcome to the Running Effect podcast. How are you doing today? I'm good. Thank you so much for having me. Well, it's a pleasure to have you on the show. I like to start out every show with two warm-up questions. The first warm-up question is, what does a normal day in the life look like for you right now? Yeah, so um, right now I'm on a break from running. So I'm doing like a couple shakeouts a week, but I'm not running every day. Um, And then, yeah, I'm taking one class this summer um it's a computer science class and then i'm also doing um an internship and so that's um, most of my day um and i'm working with the san francisco foundation which is a philanthropy and so i'm kind of helping them with a couple of data projects and then yeah when i finish with that um there's other people who are on campus right now who I get to hang out with who are from the team and then a couple people um, that I know who are here, like not on the team. So yeah, it's been really nice. um, just like staying here over the summer. Awesome. Yeah, it definitely sounds like a, a fun time to be alive in Palo Alto. Okay, the second question, uh, second warm-up question, which is a little more of a fun one, is if you had Gordon Ramsay coming over for dinner, what would you make him? Okay, so I don't really cook, (laughs) (laughs) but I guess I'd say like tacos because it's really easy and I love tacos. It's like my favorite food, Um, but yeah, Stanford, like, so everyone here stays on campus, like their entire undergrad, so I've never like lived off campus and had to cook, and then when I'm back home, like I don't cook either, so it's not really a skill (laughs) that I have. (laughs) Well, I mean, tacos sound good, so I'm sure you can make something work. What are, like, some of your favorite taco toppings? Um, I I love to have, like, everything on tacos. Like, I like to have guac and then, like, always a bunch of, like, veggies, too. And then whatever sauces that I have, um, I, like, I feel like I just like to have it stuffed with a bunch of things. Yeah, the more the merrier, as they say. Mm-hmm. Okay, so getting into your start in the sport of running, how did you get started um, in running? And then also, what were your first impressions of the sport? Yeah, um, so I joined a summer track team when I was like nine years old, and I really enjoyed it right away. Um, I I really liked being like on a big team, and so socially it was really cool just having so many teammates and then going to the meets every weekend. Um because 
there were a lot of like really big like AAU and USACS meets in Houston that were always going on. Um, and yeah, I think like all little kids kind of have a love hate relationship with running to like a certain extent. Um, but I was always like more on the love side because I was pretty good at it right away. And I, um, I really liked like seeing myself improve. Um, and then, yeah, like my coaches were always really awesome and like didn't put a ton of pressure on me. So it was always like more fun for me. And, um, yeah, I really liked racing too. Mm-hmm. So I just, so I, I like to ask my guests this question uh, as of late, if they kind of allude to it. You were talking about um, just kind of running and racing because it was fun. Why do you think it's important to keep running fun and not get too serious about things? Yeah, I mean, I think it's um, really, like, I think people really run a lot better when they're relaxed about it and, like, you're able to get in a good rhythm in your races and you're not, like, super stressed out um, about a lot of little things. Um I just think it's like a healthier mindset as well because running is one of those sports where, you know, you can kind of measure exactly how you're doing. Like you have your time and if you get too caught up in that, um, then it just becomes like really stressful and it can be like, I don't know, it can be like a negative part of your life, but you want to always kind of make it a positive thing. And like, instead of focusing more on like, Oh, I'm not like at my fastest or like getting PRs right now, like, I have a lot of potential and like I can get back to that eventually. And like, I, I think that's been really helpful for me is just to always like take a lot of joy from it, but not really let it stress me out too much. Cause I know that I have potential and like, I can get to a really good spot. Totally. That is some, some really, really great advice. So if our listeners don't know, you uh, grew up in Texas. So I'm interested to know what was it like growing up there um, just because it's one of the deepest states for running in the U.S.? Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I love tracking Texas, and I'm not like super sure how different it is in other states, honestly, just because I've only experienced Texas. But um, I, like, I felt like the track community was amazing in Houston especially, and um, like I, I always felt like people cared a lot about track and like it was a big thing because um, so many p- people participated in it. And it was also just really cool to be able to race against such fast people, just that like the meets that were in your area. Because um, I know elsewhere, like people will have to um, only look forward to competition when they're doing like really big races or when they travel kind of far and you don't really have to do that. Um, when you're from one of the bigger cities in Texas. So yeah, that was a really cool part of that too. Gotcha. Okay. So you were super, super successful in high school. You did so many amazing things. I was uh, reading about like some of your statistics. Um, you were the Texas 6A record holder record holder in the 1600. You ran 440, um, which won the state title in 2015. And then uh, you also won the 3200 and a personal best of um, 1014. So some insane times. You also ran a bunch of other stuff. Um, You placed third at the Brooks PR meet. Um, You were a two-time footlocker national cross-country finalist. So I could be here all day reading your accomplishments because you have so many, but what do you think contributed to your success in high school and some of these amazing accomplishments? Yeah. Um, I like, I would say the main thing is just that I had such amazing coaches. Um, coach Green and coach Colette were my high school coaches and, um, they were just really smart. Like I, I really believe that, um, a big part of all of my success is like, just primarily due to like having such, such great coaching. Um, and I think like from a training sense, um, they were great at writing out my plans and just kind of knowing what type of workouts would like help me get to where I wanted to be for cross country or like if it was for the 800 or the mile during track season, they were just really great at tailoring my training to, um, like peaking out a certain time and, just to like how my body worked in particular. So um, I think they're really smart in that way. And then also they definitely encouraged me to have like always an eye on like my long-term development rather than just um, being super focused on like 
the immediate future. And so I think that was really helpful too. But yeah, I would, I would just say most of it was because of my coaches. <laughs> That's super awesome that you got the opportunity to have such amazing coaches who kind of fostered your development. But you were just talking about kind of having a long-term mindset over like short-term gains a second ago. Can you kind of elaborate that, elaborate a little bit on that and why you think it's important to always have, to always play the long game and, and instead not focus on, you know, short-term success and like quick hits of success and instead focus on long-term achievements? Yeah. So, um, like I said before, I started running when I was pretty young. Um, like, I was like nine years old and the first year that I ran, I like did, I had a really good season. And then the year after that, um, I like moved up from the Bamson category to being a midget. And so, um, very early on in my like running career, I had to kind of deal with like having a lot of success. And then all of a sudden kind of like being on the, on the lower side where, um, I'm not as good as the people I'm competing against anymore. Um, cause like I was suddenly a lot younger than other people. And also, I don't even know if my times were like the same as they were the year before. I may have also gotten a little slower. I'm not really sure, but basically like the moral is that, um, I kind of had to learn how to deal with that very early on with just like things not always going my way and like, um, having, having a lot of hard work put into something, but then like not necessarily seeing results from that right away. Um, and I think because of that, I've been able to um, just always have a lot of belief and a lot of motivation, even when it doesn't seem like I'm going to be like competing at my standards right away. And track is a sport where you really just have to have a lot of like belief and motivation, like over the long run, because it does take a lot of time to improve. And like, you do have to be really consistent to improve to, um, to be at a certain level. And um, yeah, I just think that that's, that mindset has always been really helpful for me because when I've gone through stretches of time, when I'm not um, at my best, I just always kind of have that faith like, okay, I, like I have a lot of potential and like eventually all my training will come together um, and it is like all adding up and I am, you know, like it's going somewhere and it might not yet be showing in my results, but it will eventually. And so that just helps me train harder like day to day when I'm in those stretches of time where it's like, yeah, competing isn't as fun and like maybe I'm not racing as well, but, um, but yeah. Yeah. The work will pay off eventually. It all goes somewhere as you were saying. Totally. I completely understand that. Okay. So I just listed a bunch of your amazing accomplishments a minute ago. Again, there are so many more, but looking back on your high school years, what are some of the things you were most proud of? Um, so I feel like I'm most proud of like some of the smaller meets that I competed in. And um, I think like I was pretty good in general at like not putting limits on myself and just kind of like going out there in races and deciding like that I was just going to try to run really fast and like <laughs> see if I could get um, some like big PRs. Um, so I think like, an example of like one of those races that I'm most proud of in high school was just like a district meet on um, maybe I think it was my sophomore year. It was the first time that I broke 450 in um, the 1600. And I think I ran like a 444. Um, and yeah, I think that was just an example of time where I felt like I was in shape to go a lot faster than I had run before. Um, and I just like went out there and was like, okay, let me just like pace it to run close to a 440, even though like I had never broken 450 before. I was just like, okay, I think like I'm kind of in shape for that. Um, so yeah, I mean, like sometimes I would blow up in races from just like trying to go really fast and like lead the whole time. But then sometimes I'd find out that I was like in a lot better shape than I had thought before. And so I'm kind of proud of that because I think, that's like important to not be afraid to um, really like push yourself. And um, yeah, I've kind of taken that with me to college too. Just like the ability, like the willingness to like lead races. Mm -hmm. sometimes. Yeah, totally. Um, going a little more into that. Why do you think it's important to believe in yourself and not be afraid to take big risks? Um, 
so I think that it's like timing is really important in track and there's like only so many opportunities that you have in a given season to run your fastest. Um, and cause there's like, you know, like different distances that you'll be running. And then there's like different things that you have to be like qualifying for. And like, you only want to be peaking at a certain time. I don't know. I feel like timing is just really difficult in track. And so when you're feeling really good, like I just really believe that it's a good thing to, just make things happen and kind of like capitalize off of when things are going well for you because yeah, you just can't really like take for granted that you're in really good shape and like you're in a good position and you, you never really know like what will happen um, in the rest of your season. So I think it's just like, it's good to believe in yourself and just know that you can get a big PR um, even if it like seems like a little crazy before you actually do it um just like based on your training and just like knowing where you're at um and I think that with the coaching that I've had um like in high school and then also in college I often like have workouts where I'm like okay I think I can run a certain time in a race um and so then like being able to actually go into a race and like commit myself to running like that fast is something that you kind of have to do like earlier on because if you don't if you're only gonna ever let yourself make like small improvements at a time like you're not going to get to the same place that you would if you let yourself just like all of a sudden get a really big PR because you believe that you can um so yeah I don't know I just like think it's good to like not hold yourself back too much um especially if it's like a low pressure meet and it's not that important anyway yeah, absolutely. Thank you for that piece of advice and kind of um, going through that question. Okay, recapping your high school career, if you could go back and give one piece of advice to your high school self, what would it be? Um, I would tell myself to take iron pills because, <laughs> yeah, I, feel like I, had, I had low iron for a bit, and I think that's like a really common thing. So. <laughs> yeah, I uh, was interviewing Anna Rohrer yesterday. That episode should be out by the time this one is. Um, so listen to that one if you haven't already because it was really awesome. But she was saying she her ferritin level was like a three or four. And I think it's supposed to be at a 50 or something. Um, and within a year, she went from like running like 19 minutes in the 5K to winning Foot Locker. So um, I definitely agree with you about kind of keeping your iron in check. And uh, yeah, as you were saying, I think it's definitely a pretty common um, um, issue among younger athletes, especially. Okay, going into your time at Stanford, why did you decide to go to Stanford? And then also, what stood out about the school and program that made you want to go there? Yeah, so it was actually a pretty easy decision for me. I feel like most people have a lot of trouble picking their college because it's a really big decision and everything. But um, I was familiar with Stanford because I had family that went there. Um, and then obviously, it's a really good academically and athletically um and so once I did my visit there I just I really love the team I love the place um and yeah <laughs> I don't know I just thought it's come <laughs> no totally I I completely understand that okay so when you first came on to Stanford campus and started training with the team and getting in the classroom did you at all struggle with the new training load along with the new challenges of academics or were you pretty smooth for the most part so I would say that I struggled with training in terms of how much time it took, not really because it was like all of a sudden a lot more or like a lot of mileage or anything like that. Like it was really just, I went from high school where I would only practice like, like it would take like an hour, an hour and a half a day. Like it wouldn't take longer than that. And then like all of a sudden I was in college and like we had lifts and then we also had running and then we also had like the time where you're like, in the locker room, like, stretching, like, rolling. And so all of a sudden, I felt like I was spending so much time on track stuff. Then I also had my classes. Um, and just, like, in terms of time management skills, I didn't really have any. So <laughs> <laughs> I think tired all the time because of that. But, yeah, it wasn't really because of, like, the training was much harder. Yeah, so looking back on your time, uh, we kind of just went through, like, time management a little bit. Um, looking back on your time at Stanford, how have you um, learned to manage your time and stay productive with this crazy, busy schedule at Stanford? 
I haven't really learned that well, but I, I'm better now at like <laughs> putting away and just like turning it off. And um, I'm I like write out like a schedule for myself in the mornings. Well, not really schedule, but like I write my like to do list, and then sometimes like times when I want to have certain things done. And so that kind of helps me, but I'm still, in general, pretty bad. Gotcha, gotcha. Well, you made it onto the podcast on time, so I can uh, back you up that <laughs> that you get to things on time. So I think you're productive in some sense, um, and you're you're given us so much amazing advice already. So um, I appreciate that. So can you quickly um, take us through your first few years at Stanford um, and some of the ups and downs that came with those years? Yeah, um, so I didn't really have any, like, big ups or downs my first couple of years. Um, I was very lucky to not have any major injuries. Um, like, one time I twisted my ankle while I was running, and then I was, like, in a boot for a little bit, but I but it was fine. And <laughs> that was, like, the only injury that I've had here. But, um, but yeah, so my freshman and sophomore year um, – even though, like, there was nothing, like, really bad, I just, like, in general was not running super well, and um, I would usually have, like, one race uh, my, like, freshman and my sophomore year where I ran, like, the equivalent of my PR from high school or, like, pretty close to it, but I never, like, I only actually PR'd maybe, like, one time my freshman and sophomore years, so, yeah, like, I was consistently, like, okay but um I wasn't like super happy with how I was doing um because I wasn't really like improving yet in racing but then um but then yeah my junior year I started improving a lot and um I just feel like I started making a lot of progress pretty quickly and then also just from like having a lot of work that um accumulated from my like freshman sophomore year without me having to like take any breaks from injuries like that definitely contributed a lot to to uh when I started doing a lot better my junior year but um yeah so uh, my junior year like was cut short because of COVID but um I definitely started racing a lot better and it started getting like a lot more exciting for me to um like go to class meets and like um yeah I I got really excited for for this year during like all of the pandemic because like during the pandemic I was like okay like I'm coming off of a pretty good indoor season for me, so it'll be cool to see what I can do. Yeah, so a few follow-up questions. The first one um, that I'm interested in is you said, other than like twisting your ankle that one time, you have stayed injury-free during your time at Stanford. I feel like, honestly, sadly, that's pretty rare in the collegiate scene. At least from all of my interviews, I feel like someone's always injured uh, or people are always at some point injured in their career at college. So how have you managed to stay healthy in college? Are there any insights you've gleaned to like stay healthy um, over the years that you've ran? I mean, I think I'm pretty lucky and I don't think that there's a lot of things that I've ever done intentionally where I can kind of point to that and be like, Oh, like that's why I, I don't have injuries like other people. Like, I don't think I'm particularly smarter about anything than other people are um but I think that uh some of it probably comes down to my mechanics and then some of it is also probably just that in high school like I wasn't that high mileage and then I was also like always like a pretty healthy weight and like I'd have my period regularly so I think my bone density has just in general been um pretty good compared to a lot of other long distance runners um because especially when you're, like, looking at programs like Amford and a lot of the other, like, D1 programs, the girls here have been really good at long-distance running for a long time. And um, if you're really good at long-distance running when you're, like, in early high school, like, a lot of times you just, like, you just have so much energy that's going towards running and you, like, end up just, like, putting, like, a lot of people have put a lot of training into um they've they've been running for they've been running a lot of miles just like for a really long time and so I just think that like you end up like at these programs having a lot of people who kind of have bone density issues because of that um but yeah I mean I really like I'm I'm not really sure I think I'm definitely very lucky (laughs) 
No, I totally get that. Um, so going into, you were talking about COVID a little bit, but um, hopefully I don't mess this up. Your junior year, that indoor season, before everything got canceled, um, you, you, as you said, you kind of started to have um, like a breakout season, breakout year. I believe you ran 433 in the mile, which placed you number two on Stanford's all-time indoor list. And then you also ran 204 in the 800, um, which are super, super amazing times. So then you run these amazing times, you're ranked super high going into the NCAA meet and then everything gets canceled and shut down so take us through your mindset during that period um so like i get like immediately when everything got shut down yeah like at the ncaa meet just because you were doing so well um and you were ranked so high up in like people Uh, it seems like people expected you to do big things at the ncaa meet i'm sure you did as well and then everything got canceled so i was very like grateful that I was like one of the few people who was not like totally screwed over by all of that because I had never redshirted anything and like I wasn't like you know there's there were people who were fifth years and then like that was it like all of a sudden like they were just done with college running so I felt really bad for them and then I felt bad for like people who were like going to miss seasons of running because of it but then like from my perspective, I was just so lucky that, like, I could have all of it back, basically. Like, I wasn't going to get to have that indoor national meet. But other than that, like, I wasn't missing anything. And, like, now I get to do a fifth year kind of because of COVID. Um, and so I guess there was, like, a little bit of disappointment because I really wanted to, like, run in the national meet, like, the next day. And I wasn't going <laughs> to get to a meeting. But then I was also just like, okay, like I have more opportunities now too. Totally. So you come back from the pandemic um, when things start to kind of start up again. So for instance, the NCAA cross country meet is kind of your first season back into the swing of things. Um, You do some incredible stuff. You placed fourth at the Pac-12 championships and also helped your team uh, repeat the team title, I believe. But then also you placed 13th at the NCAA championships just a few weeks later. What did those um, results mean to you after kind of a year of shutdown? Yeah, I was super um, happy that I was able to race cross country. And I think everyone on the team, um, we weren't sure until like the end of January that we were going to be able to have any sort of cross country season. Um, Stanford brought us back end of January. And the the week before they had a call with us where they were like, oh, yeah, we're not sure if you're going to have a cross country season or not. And we're also not sure if we're going to push back your arrival again so it was not looking too good and then all of a sudden like we were able to have a season so it was really cool that like not only did we get to have a pretty normal season where we had like a decent number of meets we had two meets before conference and then we had conference and then um nationals but um yeah like in addition to that we were also able to perform well and then pull out the um podium finish at um nationals And, like, even, like, considering that we had, like, so much time where we had to practice by ourselves, like, that was already, I feel like, a lot of adversity that the team as a whole had to go through. But then um, on top of that, we had, I guess, like, everyone has to go through it. It happens to a lot of teams. But, like, we also had a lot of unexpected injuries. And we had a lot of people on our team who didn't end up getting to race, who we thought were going to, like, be contributing people um, at nationals. And so... Um, I was very proud of it on the whole. Mm-hmm. Um, so I have to ask, again, you play super well at Nationals in cross country this year, so maybe your outlook's a little more favorable, but how brutal are the hills of Oklahoma State's course? Because they look horrible. Okay, my outlook is not that much more favorable. <laughs> I like those hills. I saw, I saw the... Um, the course on like the the run through the day before maybe it was like two days before when we went and like warmed up on it and I was like what the hell like I've never seen a cross country course like that (laughs) yeah just roller coaster yeah it looked (laughs) insane I mean I can't imagine running 6k or even in the guy in the men's case 10k I mean I feel like my legs would be like beat up for days how did you recover after that meet um I don't know (laughs) 
I don't really remember what happened after that. Like, I think, um, did we have, like, a week off? I think we only had, like, a week easy, and then we were, like, we kept on training through mm-hmm. for track. But um, I didn't feel, like, crazy sore. I, like, use this lotion now that's on my legs before um, races. Not all races, but I used it before that race. And I've never, so I don't know if this is because of the lotion or not. Um, and, like, I'm a kind of skeptical person. So <laughs> I, I use things, and then I hope for, like, a nice placebo and stuff. But, like, I don't actually know if they work or not. But anyway. I can, be, I can be the like, same way sometimes, too. So I know what you mean. Yeah, yeah. So, like, anyway, like, this lotion, I've, like, never been sore after a race when I use it. So I don't think that I was sore after even like all those hills and everything, but yeah. <laughs> gotcha. Okay. So going into, um, this most past recent season, um, the NCAA outdoor season, can you take us through your season? Um, and I was listening on the half step pod, which is an amazing podcast. I'll leave a link to it in the show notes, um, for when Julia yeah. came on that, especially cause you guys go into, um, this those NCAA races but then the Olympic trials uh, a lot more than we will just because this is more a broad overview of your career instead of a specific race um so definitely go check that out but can you give us kind of an overview of your whole season um this past year especially up until NCAAs and then we'll kind of dive into the Olympic trials after that yeah um so outdoor season this year was super fun I will like remember it forever. It was a really cool experience. Um, I basically like my season really got into swing just at Pac 12 because um, I had two meets earlier on in the season, like in April. Um, but then I stopped racing for like a month or maybe five weeks um, just because I was sick for a while. But then, then I went to Pac 12 and I wasn't like so sure about how I'd be able to race because I felt way better running um like in terms of my fitness um by pack 12 but then like racing is kind of like a totally different thing so I was a little nervous about how that would go and then pack 12 went really well um and I did a 5k which I like done before during track season um because I'm in like 800-1500 person so so, yeah, that was really cool that I was able to, like, win the 5K at Pac-12. And I had never won, like, a – I had never won a race before in college, like, for anything. So, it was a cool experience. And then, um, yeah, then I had uh, regionals. And at regionals, I was able to do a 1500, which I hadn't done since, like, the very beginning of the season when I had still, like, not been feeling so well. Um, and so, it was really fun to – do the 1500 again because that's like my favorite event um and my pr went from 417 or yeah 417 down to 409 at that meet at regionals and it was also really cool because it was in texas um so i got to see all my family and yeah oh nice and then yeah then ncaa's happened i don't know if you have a specific question about it no not particularly just could you take us like through those races because i know there was some drama that happened yeah um so the 1500 prelim i fell at the end and i only had like a couple steps left that i needed to take when i fell so it was kind of funny um but basically what happened was I was like tripping with 150 to go. I don't remember why I was tripping. Like, I don't really remember the situation or anything. But, um, but then when I like stayed up, I, I like just started sprinting because I was like already like on the home stretch and I was like, okay, cool. Like, I'm good. I didn't fall down and I can probably just like go really fast now. And then, but then because of that whole thing, I think that made me tie up in a really weird way that I was not prepared for, like, at the end of the race. And so then I ended up falling, like, right before the finish line. But um, but then I was like, okay, I still have my 5K left. And then, so I did the 5K on, um, yeah, I did the 5K final at NCAAs. And um, I think that I, like, paced it pretty well and stuff, but I just wasn't in, like, quite as good shape as I was, like, hoping to be in but I still got like a seven second PR um and I put myself in a position in that race to where 
I would have been able to win if I was in a little bit better shape because I was like, I was with the front pack with like 200 to go. Um, and then I died super hard, but it was really fun and I will not be doing, um, well, <laughs> maybe I shouldn't say I definitely won't be doing any more five days, but <laughs> I'm not going to be. I'm not going to be doing that many more five days. Gotcha. <laughs> so you got mono earlier in the season. How are like some ways that you dealt with that kind of adversity? Um, I feel like I can't really say that anything I did was like that. Well, okay. I, I gave myself a lot of time to sleep and I drank a lot of water but when I was Googling mono, like, those were literally the only things that I could find. That <laughs> I was like, <laughs> we're good. Like, basically, you just have to let mono run its course. Um, and there's not, like, there's, like, any medicine or anything for it. So, so yeah, I mean, like, I was good about letting myself sleep a lot. Um, and I tried to be healthy in general. And I was just kind of, like, optimistic that it would go away quickly and that I'd still be able to race by the end of the season. Um, so I think I was just pretty, like, I was just, I was just one of those cases where it did luckily go away pretty fast, but yeah. I'm, I can't, that it's because I did anything like that unique. Gotcha. Well, you, as you just kind of went through, you obviously bounced back from it pretty well and obviously had some really awesome results. Um, so a week or two after NCAA's uh, is the uh, the prestigious Olymp- U.S. Olympic trials. Um, so, can you take us through your race, the fifteen hundred, and then also um, what did it mean to you to do so well? Yeah. So, I guess like first of all, I was just so happy when I found out that I qualified for trials because I was like the twenty ninth person out of thirty, and it was just by a couple tenths of a second, and I like hadn't even thought a few days earlier when I fell in the 1500 at NCAAs, I was like, Oh, like I'm not going to be able to run it at Olympic trials anymore. Cause I'm going to need like a faster time in order to qualify. So, so yeah, like, first of all, I was just very, very happy that my time had um, just barely qualified. And then, um, yeah, once I got there, like um, it was cool to um, run in prelims, and like try to qualify for the semis and then from semis to try to qualify for the finals. Like, um, I feel like, uh, like just going through with coach Clark, the different race plans and everything for each of those, um, was really interesting because it is like a game and like, there is like, you know, a decent amount of strategy in it. Like if you're, if you're one of the faster people, you don't really need to think too much about how you're racing, but if you're like seated 29th out of 30, like, you're probably going to have to do some finessing to like qualify for the final. Um, and so, so I really liked like thinking about the race strategy and everything with coach Clark ahead of time. And especially in such a like low pressure type of environment because nobody was expecting anything out of me. And, um, and yeah, so the, the prelims went well. I like led that race for a little bit because I didn't want it to be too slow in case I needed to get a time qualifier. And then, the semis, I like just barely, I got to, I was like the last time qualifier to get into the finals. Um, and then when the finals happened, I was like, I was just really excited to be in a race where everyone is so fast and all you have to do is really just like sit on the rail and you can get pulled along to a PR. So, um, yeah, I was very excited for that and it was really cool being able to um race with like famous people and like be on the tv <laughs> and stuff yeah yeah what did what did it mean to you to race against like so many amazing people and being in the same race as them yeah i it was just like the craziest thing like it felt surreal um and then also going into the races, honestly, that was like, <laughs> that was like the main thing that initially I was worried about going into Olympic trials or like that I was nervous about was like, oh, what if I like, like, I don't want to mess up anyone's race. Like, I don't want to like, <laughs> like trip Ellie career or like, yeah, like, I don't want to mess this up for anybody else. <laughs> but, um, 
but it's it's really cool because a lot of them are really nice too and um they would like talk to me after the race um and yeah so i have to ask sorry sorry to interrupt what were you saying no you're good you can go okay so uh Kind of culminating the race, I have to ask, which one was more brutal, the heat of Eugene or the hills of Oklahoma? The heat of Eugene? It wasn't even that hot. <laughs> when I was racing, it wasn't that hot. Oh, it wasn't? Was yeah, the heat wave was like the day of like the men's 1500. It was like during the second week. Okay. It wasn't bad when I was racing. Okay. I remember your race was really sunny, so for some reason, and Ellie had her sunglasses on, so for some reason, I just assumed it was, like, super hot as well. Um, so, I mean, I guess the, the hills of Oklahoma then, am I right? Yes, you're right. Okay, okay. So, uh, like, fin finishing off your um, Stanford career with one final question, um, obviously Stanford is kind of on top of the NCAA every year on both track and cross country and also producing so many amazing individual talents like yourself. Um, so many attribute this success to their culture. I certainly do. Um, and those who I've talked to do as well are at least a small piece of their success. So how have you guys built a strong culture? Um, yeah, so, like, I think our team is really unique in um, how supportive we all are for each other, and, like, we, we all celebrate each other's successes all the time, and, like, I think it's kind of crazy that we have so many people who are so talented on the team at once, but then, like, in practice, it's never, like, people are competitive with each other, or, like, upset if they're, like, not having a good day, and, like, other people are faster, like, it's never like that at all, Um everyone is always just like really excited to be like running with each other and like to see how fast we can go. And like, there's never any sort of cattiness. Um, and then I would say like, we have a really good dynamic too, because we enjoy being together, like outside of practice time, like getting dinners together and that sort of thing. So, um, yeah, it's just been a lot of fun being on this team and there's like so much talent, but everyone is also really humble and like, um, I think, yeah, everyone everyone on the team is awesome. That's super, super awesome to hear. Okay, going into kind of the next steps of your career or just some final questions. Um, in the next five years, I don't really know why I picked five years, but um, that's what I've asked on my previous podcast. So in the next five years, what are some of the things you want to accomplish? Yeah, um, I would love to start running professionally and to make a U.S. team, um, but yeah, I don't know. I think those are those are the major things. Gotcha. Have you decided yet if you're returning to Stanford, Stanford, or um, instead pursuing a professional career? Um, I have not decided yet, but I think that I will be coming back to Stanford probably. Gotcha, gotcha. That's super exciting. Okay, uh, what motivates you? Obviously. As a runner, you have super big goals, especially at your level. So what motivates you to chase after your goals every day? Um, I, so I really like um, just knowing that like big changes and big improvements can happen really quickly. And so um, I feel like that's a big part of what like motivates me on the day to day um, is that like, I like, I just, like have a strong conviction that like even if I'm not in shape that day like with the work that I'm putting in I can get in shape like really fast and I've done it before um so I think that's like an important piece of my motivation and then like also in general I just really like to like see what's possible and I really like pushing myself and just like knowing like what I can do and so uh, I think that's the main reason like why I do track like I just really want to see like what I can challenge myself to um, achieve in the future and I've always had um, a lot of coaches and people around me who like really make me um, believe in my potential so mm -hmm. yeah that's like broad motivation. 
Yeah. So it sounds like you've brought up a bunch of times in this episode, like your family, friends, and even amazing coaches who have kind of supported you along your journey of running and also life. Um, why do you think it's important to surround yourself with good, positive, and encouraging people who will make you a better version of yourself as these people have? Yeah, I think it like, just really shapes how you view the sport and how you view yourself. Um, so, like, I've always thought that, like, I can be really good at the sport, and I know that it's just because, like, I've always been surrounded by people who, like, help me see that, too. Um, and they definitely, like, also just make it something uh, in my mind that's, like, really fun. Like, running to me has always been, like, a lot of good can come from it and a lot of excitement and joy. And like, it's really cool to see like how happy like um, other people are for me, like when I'm doing well. And um, so like, I've always like looked at that and then um, I've also seen like, Oh, like it's not like it's a huge deal or like a really intense thing where a lot of people are upset when you do badly. Like it's only something where people can like, they like they get happy for you, but they're not, you're never going to get like judged for it or like, anything like that. So yeah, like it's, it's important to have a support system where um, people are helping you to like not look at track, like a really intense, all important thing, but instead just like, it's like part of life mm-hmm. that is really fun and where you have a lot of potential, but yeah, it's not, not everything. Totally. Okay. One final question before we go into the final segment of the show. Um, you obviously have accomplished so many amazing things in your career. And as I was just saying a minute ago, um, runners obviously have high goals and aspirations. And the majority of my audience is high school or college based. So what is one piece of advice you would give to someone listening, hoping to achieve some of the things you have? Um, I would say to make sure you uh, like work on your strengths but also on your weaknesses as a runner and just view them as pretty dynamic things. Um, so like, I, like, I feel like I used to think like, Oh, I'm like an 800, 1500 runner. And so I would really like doing more speed stuff and like working on my strengths more. And, but then I would like shy away a little bit from, um, more like longer distance stuff and believing that I could like be really good at like a three K or a five K. Um, especially in college. So I never really like even tried that until this year. But um, yeah, I would say like you can make so many improvements on both your strengths and your weaknesses through training. And one of the things that I've like really learned over the last two years is that like your body is like crazy and like it can, it can really like change a lot and like get like way faster just, in a short span of time. And so um, if you are good at like focusing on the things that you want to improve, then um, like you can totally do it. And like, there's not any limit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's super, super awesome advice. Okay. The final segment of the show, the rapid fire questions also known as the going to the well segment. Julia, are you ready for these seven questions? Uh, yeah, I'm ready. Okay. Number one, favorite piece of running gear or technology. Um, my wireless headphones. Ooh, hi, wire or headphones of any kind, but especially like Bluetooth headphones are amazing. Do you like to listen to music or podcasts on your runs? Yes, both. <laughs> but I mean, like when I'm like running by myself. <laughs> mm-hmm, totally. Hey, same. I mean, I run with my team most days, but when I'm by myself, sometimes it's nice to decompress with something or, um, hype yourself up with some awesome music. Okay, number two, what is the scariest animal you've encountered while on a run? Um, I would say snakes. Ooh, yeah. I'm not a huge snake fan. Yeah. <laughs> okay, number three, favorite, speaking of like running in places you've run, favorite place you've ever run in Palo Alto? Um, okay, so I really love the foothills that are right behind campus. Um, so, like, I really like running the ditch, but then I also just like going, like, down Page Mill and, like, just, like, running near all the foothills. <laughs> so, it's, like, 
don't have a specific run, but I just really like being in that area. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Okay, number four, if you could race any distance against any athlete in the world, what would the distance be and who would you choose to race? Okay, so I would want to race Shakari because she's very famous and it would be cool to be able to say I beat her in the race. <laughs> but then I would want to choose a distance that I could beat her in. <laughs> um, so I don't, like, maybe like a 650 or like a 700. Something like that. That's super funny. I, I'm sure you could could take her on when the running effect gets more popular we'll we'll set something up and then uh you can have your claim to fame and still a little bit of her clout there you go okay Okay. that's what i want i want the clout exactly exactly okay so guys listening to get the running effect um famous so we can set this up make sure to hit their subscribe button had to say it okay number five what book has had the (laughs) most impact on your life um just mercy by brian stevenson um it almost made me want to be a lawyer (laughs) still it still impacted my life though um because now i feel like i I, like i want to find a career that's kind of like more like my calling and that's like public service oriented and that book is just like amazing um it's such a great read. I highly recommend it. Yeah, I'll definitely have to check that one out. Um, it, is that po- Was that possibly turned into a movie with Michael B. Jordan? Because I feel like yes. I saw a trailer for it. Yes, it was. Okay, was the, did the movie live up to the book or no? I haven't watched the movie. Oh, really? I'm kind of, yeah, like, I really want to watch it, but then at the same I like, I'm also kind of like, uh, <laughs> gotcha. Well, I will definitely have to, to check that book out. Cause it sounds, sounds amazing. And then, uh, I'll have to watch a movie and let you know if it lives up to the book. There you go. I can be yeah. like your little scout. Um, number six, yeah. describe coach Clark, who is your coach in one word. Perceptive. Ooh, nice. Like he, he notices, like he notices things to such a level of detail. It's kind of crazy. Like, yeah that's super awesome yeah i know he's definitely like um, he knows so much about track and like he's really good at applying it to a lot of lessons and things for us all the time and like when he watches um our races like he picks out like so many little things and like or like he can go over like a race video with us later on and then I don't know. I feel like I learned a lot from him just because he's so perceptive. Mm-hmm. Yes, it definitely sounds like an attribute of an amazing coach. Okay, last but not least, number seven. If you could only eat one meal for the rest of your life, what would it be? Uh, pizza or maybe tacos. <laughs> See, we started out the episode with tacos. We're closing out the episode with tacos. Julia, it has been yeah. a pleasure speaking with you this past 50 minutes. Thank you so much for giving me so much of your time, giving us so much advice, and going through your amazing story with us. I appreciate it. Yeah, thank you so much. It's been super fun. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of The Running Effect. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. Please like, subscribe, and share to help us out. It would really help us out a lot, as I just said. Um, So thank you for listening to this episode. Stay tuned for more episodes to come out. We're pumping them out, so I hope you guys are enjoying that. Um, Peace out. God bless you all.